Dynasty Fantasy Football doesn't take a week off, and neither do these guys. All the information you need to stay atop your league for years to come. This is the Dynasty Heat Seekers. Good evening, everyone. It is your Tuesday night Dynasty Heat Seekers stream with me, your host, Bryce Frazier. You can find me on Facebook um, on the Dyna- the Roto Heat Dynasty Facebook pages. Definitely give them a fo- follow. The community's on there. Great. I'm very active um, on Facebook. And I am joined with always the reliable Anthony Leone. How are you doing today? And where can the people find you? I'm also in the Facebook group. I am also in our Discord. And I've been helping people with their rookie drafts. They've been DMing me, asking me, hey, who should I take here? What should I do here? How could I trade this person doing that? So if anyone has any questions or wants to shoot something by me, I'm more than happy to give you my opinion and help you guys out, dominate your league. Yeah, absolutely. So we're in that. It's exciting for some people, not exciting for others. Some dynasty leagues are doing their drafts and things like that. So that's always fun to do when in other formats, they typically wait till later in the season. So we're in that wall. Sorry. The draft just happened. There's not really many exciting players left in free agency, just a couple. And we're gonna we're gonna touch on one in a, one in a second. So we're just kind of waiting for that season to go. So we're filling it up with with things maybe we should be doing in our leagues. And we'll we'll go over some <clears throat> breakout candidates later. But before that, we'll touch on the kind of one little bit of news that happened. So Jarvis Landry did sign with the New Orleans Saints. Leone, what are your thoughts on who's, how does that affect his value? Obviously the quarterback, which I'm assuming is going to be Jameis Winston week one. And then the Michael Thomas coming back from his hiatus now and new, newly uh, drafted Chris Olave. What do you see the impact on Jarvis Landry to the Saints? Yeah, I think it's great for Landry specifically. I think he's in a good spot. I think he can build a nice relationship with Winston and be very productive. I do think it hurts Michael Thomas to a certain degree. Landry is a PPR machine. He's going to see targets. He's going to catch the ball. And that is going to hit MT's volume a little bit. And I think who gets destroyed by this news is Chris Olave. A lot of people think that he was going to have a nice rookie season. He could slide in as the number two wide receiver on the team. Maybe Michael Thomas is a little slow to, to get up to full speed early in the season. There was a lot of opportunity there for possibly Alave to come in and, and take over. And now that's just completely out the window. The only one who's really going to benefit is Landry. So if you have Landry, I think it's a good spot. I think if you're contending and you want to try to get like a wide receiver two or three that you think could push you over the edge, I think Landry is a good value and a good target for people to try to get on their teams. Yeah, sorry, my audio was skipping out there. I, I agree that it probably hurts Olave, especially for this upcoming season. If you drafted him thinking he's going to have an instant impact, this definitely hurts. But I don't hate it for him. It kind of reminds me of the situation when CeeDee Lamb was drafted, where people thought, now he goes in there as the number three. He probably won't have much of an impact. But he did. He stepped immediately in front of Michael Gallup and showed that he can be a solid flex option his rookie year. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I'm definitely not banked right now. I think it helps Jameis Winston more than anyone because we know what it looks like when he's loaded with with talent. Sure. When he had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, he can sustain a lot of fantasy value for multiple wide receivers. So I, re- I really like it for him. And it's funny that you said it's a good fit because like my buddy asked me, do you think 
Landry to the Saints is a good fit. And I was like, Landry is a good fit anywhere. You can put that guy on any team and he's going to make him better. And he's going to have an impact because he is a PPR machine. He is getting older. We, we don't know if he's not going to put up numbers that he used to, but I think he's still very relevant. He's going to be a guy that I feel very comfortable putting in as a flex option. Somebody you probably get for a second rounder. And if you're a guy that is on the, you know, better half of your in the better half of your league that maybe he could you know give you a slight edge i think he's a guy that you could easily buy for pretty cheap so yeah i agree um, i like the landing spot for him and Jameis. i'm not sure about michael thomas i don't know if he even wants to be there and chris olave it might take some stress off of him but it takes away his his immediate impact i definitely agree on that so we'll go ahead and jump uh right into potential breakout players for this upcoming season and we talked about this a little bit before the stream leone go ahead and share some thoughts you had on how difficult it was for us to find think of players for a breakout season yeah in years past i i think it was a lot easier to target players who maybe had a down year and were in a decent spot some guys that kind of come to mind like jerry judy for example and i know you're going to talk about him later but it's like there are just some other guys too like i was trying to think of paris campbell was in a good spot a couple years ago after his rookie season and yeah ultimately it didn't pan out but you at least had your hopes up hey this could really work out and I'm, I'm, there's countless of number of examples where guys have just come out of nowhere and you've expected it. But it seems like this year, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it just seems, hey, we know who the studs are and we know who the, we, like we, we have reasonable expectations for almost everyone in the league. And so it's really difficult to find like someone who you think can do something out of nowhere. And I'm sure we're going to touch, we're going to touch on some guys and maybe we'll come up with some that we weren't thinking of just through the conversation, mm -hmm. but it, it really, it seems like in years prior, it's been a lot easier to try to pick and choose some of these guys and try to make a case for them. And I, with you, I agree. It just seems like everyone's cornered into what they could do and there's not really a lot of surprises to be had. So Maybe we're wrong and something happens out of nowhere, but it seems like the rookies that did really well last year did really well last year. So they're obviously they're not going to break out again. And then the players that didn't do well last year, Terrace Marshall, Diami Brown, a lot of these guys that we thought could be good and maybe we'll do something. No one's even talking about them anymore. So is one of these rookies from last year going to just come out and be amazing? I had a hard time picking one for this show for any of those examples. And I don't know if you think the same thing on those. What do you think about what do you think about the rookies last year who didn't do well? Are there any rookies last year that can come to mind that you think could be really good this year? Because I can't really think of any. Yeah, that's hard. Like I mean, like Trey Sermon, right? Yeah. I think he's more he'd have to get the opportunity. I don't I think at this point. He hasn't earned his like his chance to do it. It's almost like it had to he would have to fall into it, like in in the sense of injury. Yeah, Elijah Moore did really well early on, but yeah. it seems like you know toward the end of the season. But now with Garrett Wilson there, it's oh we can't pick yeah. this guy. Yeah, sorry, sorry, my audio keeps skipping out, so I might miss some stuff you said. But I think it's these headphones are getting a little old. But yeah, I'm hoping the one guy I didn't even mention him on my list, but I like Terrence Marshall Jr. But he was on the field a lot last year, and he really didn't do anything. And that yeah. could be partially to quarterback play, of course. If he, and that's not really going to change this year, unless for some reason Matt Corral takes over and is electric, or if Baker Mayfield ends up there somehow and he utilizes him well. But yeah, there's not really any other rookies. Like I feel like all the rookies that we expected to do well last year did well. Right. It was a really good rookie class. 
right. overall. Like Kyle Pitts did well, even though people had his expect their expectations for him were way, way too high. Like the, he had a thousand yard receiving season. He obviously wasn't very good when it came to getting touchdowns, but that's a great number for a rookie tight end at that. Sure. Waddle, Chase, there's there's plenty of guys. The running back Najee. So the the big ones did pretty well. Let's go. Let's jump into quarterback. Go ahead and, and talk about your first your quarterback that you had. Okay, so my my pick here, and I, and we just talked about last year's draft class. But my yeah. my quarterback pick is Trey Lance. I don't think people last year expected Trey Lance to you know really have a great season. Maybe they thought he would start more games than he ended up starting. But I'm a Niner fan. By far, the majority of people that live here, the majority of people that report on the team, they do not think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter week one. Now, maybe he's traded to somewhere, like you were saying, with Carolina. Maybe he's uh, traded to a different team. Or maybe he just loses out in in training camp preseason to Trey Lance. And I think that's very possible, too. So I just expect Trey Lance. I, I think it's going to be a little rough to watch. But you don't have to watch the games. He's going to run the ball. He's going to get a lot of points, fantasy points. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. But I do think Trey Lance is going to be very productive. And if people in your leagues, especially as we get closer to the season, are worried about Trey Lance not even being the starter, I think it presents a really nice buy opportunity where you can say, look, you want to sit on this guy again, another season again? And then when he eventually does start, he may not even do anything. That's the kind of guy you want to get on your team when the time is right. I think right now is a good time. A lot of people don't think he's going to be the starter. And so I think he could really have a huge fantasy season because I do expect him to start the majority of this season. Yeah, I like Trey Lance. I think when it comes to fantasy, I think that you might have to refresh my memory. You're a Niners fan. His one game that he got to start last year, it was against the Cardinals, correct? Yeah, it wasn't a good game. That's a bad matchup for him. And it wasn't a very good game, yeah. Yeah, because the, the, sorry, the Cardinals defense, they're, they got their issues, but they're fast. They're fast, and that definitely hurts Trey Lance. Like, he, he needed to develop, and we, and that's why he sat pretty much the whole year. He needs to develop more as an actual quarterback, but his rushing ability, like, it's up there with Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts might not be the best quarterback, like, in the NFL to, like, be on an actual team but when it comes to fantasy Jalen Hurts is a top 10 asset so far like at when it comes year to year so I'm not sure if you're looking dynasty in long term your skepticism about Trey Lance is probably warranted because it, it's unknown but if you want somebody that has the potential to immediately be like a top 10 quarterback because of their rushing upside he is definitely a guy that would not surprise me whatsoever to to be doing it so i do i agree that trey lance has that ability and speaking of you know dual threat quarterbacks mine is i chose daniel jones and i think daniel jones an issue with him is coaching he's had i believe he has brian dabble there that everyone's been talking about if if i'm not mistaken i think that's it because i think yeah dab worked with trubitsky who wanted to bring him to the giants and he apparently is like the quarterback whisperer like when he goes somewhere the quarterback immediately does better there are, you can lay out all the excuses you want for Daniel Jones and they're warranted, right? His, his cast around him has been healthy, like maybe three games through his career. It seems like Saquon's hurt. Kenny Galladay last year was hurt. 
We saw Kadarius Tony hurt all the time. Like all his receivers were his chance to cash in at this point. So if it, it it's either now or never for Daniel Jones, it seems. So if I'm gonna put my you know all my eggs in one basket on a quarterback that is really cheap, who's really disappointed year after year. He's got the dual threat ability. He's got the weapons around him. I think Daniel Jones is a great candidate to be have his best season yet. And definitely has top any quarterback that has rushing upside can be a top 10 like player every year, just because of all those points that are caught on the ground. So that's who I picked. Uh, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones? Yeah, I think it's a good call. I like Daniel Jones, and, and hopefully he can finally have a team that's healthy around him and he can really show what he can do. I do worry, though, that it won't come together. I don't know if they addressed the O-line as, as aggressively as they should have in this offseason so far. But you're right. It's a contract year. If he's going to do good, it's going to be this year. I think that's a fair statement. But I just, I just worry that it may not happen. But I do think that the price is right if you want to take the chance. Same goes for all these other guys we mentioned at the at the onset of the show here. <clears throat> Trey Sermon, Terrace Marshall, all these guys that we that did nothing year one or maybe year two or three. You might as well, if you have the room on your bench, take the chance. But of everyone that I just said just now, Daniel Jones, I think, does have the best chance to have a big breakout year. So I think that's a really good call on your part. Yeah, I agree. Some people say, I worry that he sucks. He might, but let's see what he can do with a little bit better O-line, better coaching, hopefully healthy talent around him. I'll give him, this is my last chance for Daniel Jones. So I'll go ahead and jump into our tight end selection. So I chose, I feel like this one isn't like necessarily a great selection, but I think that his potential is still sky high and it's TJ Hawkinson. A lot of people might have TJ Hawkinson right around that seven, you know, eight through five range when it comes to tight end value. And I think that if you watch this guy play, he can be like a top three tight end if they feed him enough. I guess you could say that about anybody, but he has the talent to be like in the same tier as some of these top guys. His route running, his his hands, he has it all. We just got to get, we just got to get him the ball more. He had some health issues last year and he had his moments last year. Like he was I don't I can't remember I don't have the statistics right in front of me but he had a lot of he started off the year really hot I do remember that and then he got really cold in the middle and you're gonna see that when it comes to the Lions in general but I think TJ Hawkinson is still just scratching the surface of what is yet to be of his career and I see him as a really valuable asset that could easily be like a top three tight end this upcoming season when it comes to fantasy points what are your thoughts on TJ Hawkinson yeah, I'm really surprised that TJ Hawkinson is so ranked so low in tight end dynasty rankings. And this guy, he's only 24 years. Most of the elite tight ends, Kelsey, Kill, they're all 30, almost 30 or over 30 in Kelsey's case. So yeah, maybe yeah, I'm a little bit of an ageist, but I'd rather have TJ Hawkinson than Darren Waller, who's 29, 30 years old next season. So maybe I'm in the minority there, but I think Hawkinson has shown, hey, look, He's gifted, and maybe he won't be very good on the Lions for the next couple of seasons, but he's so young that it doesn't really matter. You invest in a player with this type of upside, and I agree with you 100%. I think he could have a huge season, and I think he's a, a great buy right now because everywhere you look, he's ranked so low. He's, if you could, I, I would trade Waller straight up for Hawkinson today in any league. And I think he's in a good spot to have a great season. So I think that's a good call on, on your part as well. 
Yeah, I think I'd make that trade too. Unless I was like, really, I'm content. This is my year to contend. I, I want to win. I think I would, Waller, do I would do it either way. I think Waller has a better season, so that'd be the only no, argument. I know. But it's like I always say, I want to have my cake, my cake and eat it too. And that's an example where, yeah, maybe I lose a couple points a week, but he could also do better than Waller this year. So go he for could. the upside, and, and he's going to be better five years from now. So that's yeah, the way I look likely. at it. More than likely. All right, who's your tight end? Cole Komet. Cole Komet. So I don't know how old Cole Komet is. He has to be pretty young, though. I it's his guess. third year, so he's got to be young. Let me see. 23. Yeah, it's his third year. Yeah, and Justin Fields didn't have a great season last year. Maybe he's a breakout candidate. That's something that they were, were thinking here. I, I, th- I think you could say literally all of the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. All of them from last year. Could yeah, except I think maybe Mac Jones probably tapped out maybe, at like maybe. what he can do. Maybe. I don't Uh-oh. Know. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where's your Mac Jones I think Mac Jones has the... Where's your Mac Jones? Don't you have, is that Mac Jones behind you? That little guy? The little pop? Is that a Mac Jones pop? One more, wh- hold on one second. This is. Let me reset my headset. You go ahead and you can talk about Cole Komet. Let me get my audio All right. up here real quick. So Cole Komet, I, I just think that Justin Fields is going to have a better season. Allen Robinson isn't with the Bears anymore. So I think there's going to be more opportunity for Cole Komet to do well. So yeah, I just, I think, look at the value, right? People have him ranked outside the top 12 outside the top 15 in some cases. Yeah, I know he hasn't been as good as people expected, but I do think that he's going to have a, a very good season given the situation with his quarterback improving and more targets potentially available with only Mooney there really as a factor in the passing game. Yeah, I, I like Cole Komet. When Justin Fields was at Ohio State, he did utilize the tight ends, especially in the red zone. So. Yeah, I think he could be a breakout candidate. I think his ceiling, though, is still probably like just barely reaching into the top 10 when it comes to tight ends. And as we know, like outside of maybe like the top five or six, it, the, the field is all somewhat close, but he could be at the top of that close. So team. would you say, would you say like Cole Komet's upside is kind of like Dawson Knox, but without as many touchdowns? Like that? Like yeah, that's probably pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah, I would say that's pretty good. So yeah, it's a bright guy, and that's a solid guy you feel a little bit more comfortable with in in that spot. And there's and I didn't really get to hear a ton of what you were saying, but there's not much competition for touches. There's not much competition for touches, and I'd rather have Cole Komet over Dawson Knox myself. I just think Dawson Knox is just benefiting from Josh Allen. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how sustainable that is. And I see a player that doesn't have a lot of physical upside. I think Cole Komet's more athletic than Dawson Knox. So I just, I worry about just putting Dawson Knox as an elite, maybe not elite, a better than average type player just because of his situation. And in Dynasty, that's really risky because so much can change so quickly. Just asking all Kant. And they, they brought OJ Howard there. I know he's been pretty disappointing in Tampa, but it's not like he's gotten really the opportunity to like really do well because when he got, you know, Tom Brady there, they brought Gronk. So it's like OJ Howard got put to the side, but he's an athletic freak. If you put him out there and then Josh Allen's like doing Josh Allen stuff and making extending plays and OJ Howard is also an athlete helping extend those plays and, and making plays off of his plays, he could be the guy that it surprised me if Dawson Knox wasn't the best tight end on that team by the time this the season ended, he wasn't the starter. It's just 
I'm just throwing it out there. It's not really bold because it, it, I'm not really getting excited about him. I think his owners are probably pretty excited about last year, but I think you're right. It's more because of the, the quarterback play rather than the player. Yeah, so. and it kind of Austin Hooper comes to mind. Like, real, real quick, can situations change in the NFL? Yeah. And if if you're not really banking on the skill of the player, you're just banking on the situation, that's really risky. So yeah. yeah, Mac Jones is a breakout candidate. I didn't really get to hear what you said. Well, I was asking if that was a, like a little Mac Jones uh, figurine behind your behind you. Is that like oh, a little no, Mac that, Jones? That's, that's Gronk. That's oh, Gronk. Okay. Gronk, <laughs> an autograph Gronk rookie card. I know I need a Mac Jones. I want him saving up for a little sign. I want a signed helmet from him. I don't know if they make the little pop stalls of them yet. I'm not sure. I don't know. You might have to check uh, after the stream. Yeah, I'm going to have to look. Darn. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into running backs. So I started the tight end, so you go ahead. Or, I'm sorry, wide receivers. Let's go ahead and jump into your first uh, wide receiver you have for a breakout. All right. Go to the list. I was Googling Mac Jones pops. <laughs> yeah. Probably and did. I think you can pre-order one. Oh, cool. <laughs> Let me see. This is this is important. Tua, Tom Brady... Uh, I don't see Mac Jones. All right, sorry. Maybe not. Maybe next year. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of All right. <laughs> so we're going to move to wide receivers, right? Receivers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And we picked two wide receivers each. So yeah. the first one, it's obvious because Marquise Hollywood Brown's no longer with the Ravens. So I wanted to go with Rashad Bateman. I think he hasn't. He, he was hindered by injury. This is a guy, I guess, one of the guys we were talking about. Like, hey, didn't really do what we thought they would do, but he was injured. So... I don't know if it really counted. I also think Devin Duvernay could be in a really nice spot. I don't think he's going to have a huge breakout season, but I do think he's noteworthy enough where he could be on your league's waiver wires, depending on how deep your leagues are. He could be very easily obtainable on your team if you're looking for like a nice bench player where you might need to start in an injury pinch or something. I think Devin Duvernay can have a really good season. But yeah, Rashad Bateman, I think, is just going to have an incredible year, even if they bring in someone like Odell Beckham or someone that we're not really forecasting at this point. I still think he's going to have a huge season. I think the talent's there. I think he he needed that season to be fully healthy. Now he's good to go. He's going to have all offseason to work with Lamar. I really expect good things. I don't think the Ravens would have traded away Hollywood Brown if they didn't have faith in Rashad Bateman. And so for me, Bateman is the player, but I'll also give a tip to the cap to Devin DuVernay, who I think could also have a nice season as well. Bryce, any thoughts on Bateman or or DuVernay? Yeah, the only thing I disagree with is DuVernay. I don't think he's really noteworthy personally, but Bateman's a slam dunk in my opinion. And and I think for the rest of our picks, they're easy ones to an extent to predict. But Rashad Bateman is a guy that once once he came, like he came off of injury and once he came in the middle of the season and started playing and had a presence immediately, it was a guy I regretted I didn't get in in the last year's draft because he was in the – he's fallen in the second in like a lot of these – rookie drafts last year i agree with you you nailed it when you said when they traded marquise they must feel comfortable with bateman and mark andrews moving forward the ravens are a team that could probably run on just lamar two receiving threats and then their run game like they're gonna run 40 times a game like what with lamar and the running backs and and it'll be like 20 15 rushes lamar 20 rushes dobbins five rushes whoever or 10 rushes, whoever. So Rashad Bateman is just set up to get all, 
all the targets that Mark Andrews doesn't get. Yeah, he's an easy one. I think that he is being overlooked a lot in drafts and trades and things like that. Send a second round, an early second for Rashad Bateman. I would take that immediately. Bateman side, of course, and in those situations, I think this guy is a stud. He is the one rookie, like, that from last year. I I didn't even, I didn't want to mention it because I saw him on your list. Yeah, He's the one rookie from last year that I do think has a breakout season that really didn't do much his, his first year. And I think that's from not getting the full offseason workouts and things like that and, and getting into the groove of things. He got into the groove of things when the season was ending. Yeah, now, my, uh, you, know, you slided my man, Devin DuVernay. Now, Devin wait a second. Duvernay. Devin DuVernay posted one of the fastest 40 times at the Combine at the time he did it. It was like 4.3 uh-huh. something. And he's going to he's gonna stretch the field. So he, I do think he's going to be on the field. I do think he's going to be an integral part of their offense. And I think <clears> you need to just – Keep an eye John on Ro- John Ross also ran a really fast 40 time. Just, just keep saying. an eye. Just keep an eye on Devin Duvernay. He might be on the field, but he his ceiling is like two catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown, probably. I'll t- every and week I'll take that. He's not getting that every <laughs> week. That's like his good games. Like he's like a yeah, late, I know, late I know. career John Deshaun Jack. I just don't I personally. I have an autographed Devin Duvernay card somewhere in that other room. So I'd love it if he was sweet, but All it's right. just not gonna. It's All just right. not gonna happen in my. I might. Opinion. I might need to buy that off you. Bateman, yeah, pennies <laughs> on the dollar. Uh, okay, I'll go over my first one. I think this is probably the biggest, the easiest one. He's on the cover photo, of course, or the thumbnail. Jerry Judy, right? <clears throat> when we were just talking about him before the show, obviously he had some recent le- legal troubles, and what it looks like is like a little domestic dispute that got blown out of proportion i don't think we're gonna see anything come of this honestly long story short it looked like that he held some of her possessions from her which got him in trouble and then she later tried to say it's not a big deal let's let it go but it already got past the the he already got arrested at that point like it was too late to just undo everything but i think with that being said we're not going to see anything i think this is going to eventually blow over we're going to forget about it week by week one of this episode upcoming year he's got russ wilson russell wilson i believe made a comment you need to draft jerry judy i think he said that i if i'm not mistaken look, look it up Lanny. i'm pretty sure people are te- russell wilson said you need to draft jerry judy in your fantasy league this year so yes sir i'll do that right away i think jerry judy is a huge asset to have in fantasy he had hor- abysmal quarterback play his first two years along with some little injuries he's got all the talent to be a top tier wide receiver in the league. And now he's got a top tier quarterback to do it. Here's the quote. Here's the quote from Russell Wilson. You ready? Yep. You need to draft Devin Duvernay. No, you believe that? (laughs) That's insane. He's talking about another, but he did say Jerry Judy, correct? (laughs) No, yeah, no, he really hyped up. He really hyped. I didn't get the exact quote, but he really did hype him up. Yeah. But you can't always listen to players when they do that because Keenan Allen, I remember this and I, cause I did it. He looked into the camera like week 15 or 16 and said, you need to start me in fantasy and put up like two points. Yeah, I remember Don't that. always remember, but this is a whole season. This is a whole season. Yeah. So definitely Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy is an easy one. I, I doubt many people disagree with it. If they do, they probably think it's the Cortland Sutton show. Maybe Brad Menendez thinks that he loves Cortland Sutton. I'm, I think Cortland Sutton is not. He's good, but he's not great. He's not Jerry Judy level. What do you thought? What do you think? Uh, I agree with you completely. One of my points of contention with Sutton last year was even when Jerry Judy wasn't playing, Sutton just was good. 
Yeah. But he never lit up the stat line. He never did anything phenomenal. And he had every opportunity to do it last year without anyone else really getting the ball. And he just couldn't do it. And yeah, Tim Patrick was a, would steal the show. It was a huge, like for me, it was like, come on, man, like something like this is what you're supposed to do and you're not doing it. Right. So are we to expect him to do it now once Judy's healthy? And I, I don't know. So of the two wide receivers, yes, I prefer Judy. And I know that is a question among among some people in fantasy too, especially with this new news coming out that he may be arrested or sent him to prison. He could be suspended. I agree with you. I don't think it's a big issue. I don't expect him to miss more than a few games this year in relation to that. Maybe he gets suspended for six, but I doubt it. I think two is more likely, maybe four with an appeal to two, something like that. I think zero is the most likely. Two is the second most. Yeah, and I don't, you know, if you really try to find out exactly what happened, it was like, I've done worse things than than that. Let's be honest. (laughs) Like he like like hit her keys or some baby. It was just like a stupid argument. Come on. Baby baby formula. You got to make sure you finish that. (laughs) You said baby. Oh yeah, (laughs) not the baby. Yeah, I know. They didn't put the baby in the car. Just the the formula. Like it's just some stupid. Yeah. Seemed like a stupid... It was just stupid, and it got blown way out of proportion because because the you know police department arrested him, but then didn't say why. Mm-hmm. So everyone's mm-hmm. jumping to conclusions. So yeah, so I'm not worried about Judy at all in that sense. I think he can have a huge season with Russell Wilson. Now I do the Tim Patrick's on the team too, like Devin Duvernay in that sense. But yeah, Jerry Judy is the Rashad Bateman. I mean, he is going to have a huge season, and I think that's a really good call on your part. Yeah, this is, is the no-brainer, I think, the biggest uh, no-brainer of the offseason of somebody who's supposed to really exceed expectations. And I'll, I'll jump into this next guy. And I, uh, and real quick, yeah. I would sell Cortland Sutton right now. I think it's a good opportunity yeah. to sell him, really, yeah. because we're in agreement. I, I, It's just he never got to that next level when he could have. And, yeah, he may have a better season now with Russell Wilson, but I think he people could. are valuing him way, I think people are valuing him way too high. Yeah, it's probably the people that have hold on to him at this point. Let's try and cash in. Like, I'm not sure what I would buy him for or sell him for. I'd probably I sell think him you, for an early I think second. you could sell him. I think you could sell him for a late first. You think so? Oh yeah. I think it'd be d- difficult. I think you'd have to get someone that really likes him for that. But you might jump into this next guy, Gabriel Davis. Last year in fantasy, disappointed, right? He didn't do much in the playoffs. Like into the season, I think week 17, he had a decent game, and then into the playoffs or week 18 or something, he had a lot of target. But into the playoffs, he was phenomenal. He put up the big four-touchdown game against the Chiefs. He was a force to be reckoned with. The Bills have now moved on from Cole Beasley. He is no longer on the field anymore. Stephon Diggs is obviously Stephon Diggs. He's going to draw all attention when it comes to the pass game. Somebody has got to step up in that number two spot for the Bills to consistently be very good. Like when you watch the Bills last year when they didn't do very well in games, it was because Stephon Diggs got shut down and nobody stepped up in that number two spot. And now Gabe Davis is supposed to do that. So he ha- he is being handed the opportunity to do what he needs to be what needs to be done. He just has to seize it. And we see that he can do that with the performances that he put in the most important time of the year when it came to out with probably the best playoff game of all time that with the Bills and Chiefs literally got rules changed in the offseason. 
for playoffs. Gabe Davis was the star of that game. I'm hoping, I'm predicting that he takes that momentum and continues it on and has a very solid, I think this will be his third year as a receiver, a breakout year that we, this is the traditional breakout year for receivers. It's like their third. Like that's what we're used to seeing history tells us their third year in this in the league is that they put they're putting it all together it's time for him to do that and i think he seizes the opportunity leonie where do you see gabe davis finishing out this year yeah i think it's a good call i think it's a good call i think he'll have a a good season but i I wouldn't be surprised if jameson crowder who recently joined the team has a better fantasy season ppr wise i know you said they they lost cole beasley they replaced him in jameson crowder in a way that's true so I, I, that's the only concern I have. I, I, I still think Gabe Davis is a great buy. I think he's going to have a huge season. I think a, a really sneaky buy is Jamison Crowder. I think you could get him for really cheap, and I think he could have a Third. good season too. Oh, yeah. And I think he, he, that would easily you know, pay off. So I, but I don't, I, obviously Crowder, that's a different show. Crowder is not going to have some breakout season. And I think he's, he's always be, been pretty good when he's on He's the always field. been very consistent. That's right. So I agree with you 100%. I think Gabe Davis is in a great spot, and I think he should have a breakout season. I think that's a good call. I think that Crowder is a really sneaky kind of buy who could have a really good season and might kind of hit into the Gabe Davis a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. I kind of almost forgot about him, but I do like Jameson Crowder. He could be a, a touchdown vulture now that I really think about it. Yeah. So. Uh, go ahead and jump into your second guy. I do like this one too. I almost debated putting him instead of Gabe Davis when I was creating this list. Yeah, Michael Gallup. So this is a guy who, when he came into the league, didn't do much his rookie year, but I think he had a really a really good second season. I think he got over a thousand yards, and since then he hasn't really done too much. He's been overshadowed by Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, now that injuries. Yeah, and injuries. Yeah, he a lot of leg injuries, and now mm-hmm. that. Amari Cooper is no longer with the Cowboys. I expect Gallup to come back into form. I think he's he. I, I think the Cowboys are going to have a really good offense, and so I, I expect Gallup to just come right back in there. He knows how to do it. He's done it before. I think he's going to be a really good player. He can he can stretch the field. He can run really good routes. I mean, obviously not as good as Ceedee Lamb, but I do think Gallup is overshadowed by Ceedee Lamb to the point where. It would not surprise me if Gallup has a better season than CeeDee Lamb. Like, it would not surprise me. Do I think it will happen? No. But I would not be shocked. And I expect both CeeDee Lamb and Gallup to be top 20 wide receivers. I think they're both going to have a very good season. Yeah, I would be shocked if he had a better season than uh, CeeDee Lamb. But it's definitely possible. Michael Gallup is a different receiver than CeeDee Lamb. I think it's a good note. Like, CeeDee Lamb is a guy like... He isn't going for 50-50 balls a lot. Like he is a guy that catches it, and then after the catch, he is one of he is arguably Elect. electric. Yes, yeah, by far. I, he and Debo Samuel to me are like the top two guys. Like once they get the ball in their hands, like you don't, it can it's it can go to the house even if there's nine guys in front of them. It wouldn't surprise me. Michael Gallup is a guy that can go up and get it though. I feel like a 50-50 ball for him is a 75-25 in, in his favor. <laughs> like he is that guy. Like he is fun to watch when he is on the field with Amari Cooper gone. He, I can see him getting a lot of deeper balls thrown to him and he's not going to see best coverage, the best corner. I'm sorry, the best corners and maybe not double coverage because CD lamb does deserve that at this point. 
right. uh, from what he's done. So I love, I do like Michael Gallup a lot when it comes to this upcoming season. I do think he's a good buy, but I think the people that have him also know that he's a good buy. Yeah. So it's probably tough to get in because they probably either drafted him or got him for really cheap previously. And at this point, they're gonna they're gonna try and reap the rewards of when they bought him cheap. Just, Michael just Gallup. go get Crowder instead. Yeah, and, and Dak throws for <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dak throws for a lot of yards, and they got to go to somebody. And there's only really James Washington's there. I think Tol- Tolbert just got drafted as well. Who knows who that third guy is? They could step. Well, up. it'll be it'll be uh, Schultz. It'll be tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. But they do run a lot of three receiver sets, so I'm sure there'll be a third guy out there that at least has the opportunity. But Michael Gallup stays healthy. I think he's above a thousand yard receiver. I also think he's, a, I think he's more of a top twenty five receiver. And CD Lamb's like a top eight. So yeah, no, I'm with this you. upcoming season. Yeah, I love that selection, Lanny. Go ahead and jump into. We'll go quickly on these running backs. So go ahead and jump into. Go ahead and talk about both your running backs that you chose. Sure. I, I guess I'll start with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's Coming in now from the, I think this is his third season now. First couple of seasons haven't gone so well. But I do expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire to kind of get more involved. And they lost Tyreek Hill. I expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire to get more receptions, especially in PPR leagues. I think we're going to see him get the ball more. He's a really dynamic player. I do expect him to have a really good season. And I think you can get him at a reasonable price now. Before last couple of seasons he was really expensive to acquire because people thought he was going to be the next big thing i think people have have come to the determination hey this this guy's not going to be elite but i think that he is in a really good spot where he can put up really good weeks on a consistent basis and so i think ceh is in a now at a really good buy opportunity and i i do think he can pay some dividends on teams that need help at running back the second guy that I think could have a really uh, good breakout season is A.J. Dillon for very similar reasons. That's because Devontae Adams is no longer with the Packers. We're going to have A.J. Dillon is very capable out of the backfield as well. He's a good in-between-the-tackles runner. Aaron Jones isn't getting any younger. And so even if there is an injury ahead of him, he'll be a breakout just by default. But beyond that, even if Aaron Jones does stay healthy – I do believe that A.J. Dillon is like Tony Pollard in a sense where he can have huge games and win you weeks, even though he's just in your flex. And so I think that there's just so much potential for A.J. Dillon. I think he is set up to have a great season. So those are my two guys. Do you have any thoughts on A.J. Dillon, CEH, what you think about those guys? Yeah, I like one. I don't like the other. I like CEH. I do. I like him as a breakout candidate. I think he would have had a much better season last year if, if the injury didn't hit him. Like he, I'm looking, I was pulling up his numbers. Week one against the Browns, he had 10 points. That's a good defense. Week two against the Ravens, another good defense, four points. But then he gets going. He got about, he got 19 points against the Chargers and then 19 and a half points against the Eagles. And then boom, injury hits him. And then once he comes back, four out of, yeah, four out of the five games, he put up over 10 points. Like, he he and his touchdown upside is that of the highest of any other running back in the league. He's on the Chiefs. Like any running back that's playing for the Chiefs, the Bills, Bengals now, Chargers, other their Packers, their touchdown upside is pretty much at the top. I guess not Packers anymore. I but 
They're no, their they're touchdown. Still they're still yeah, they're still there. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers. It'll find a way. Yeah. No, I don't think that. But I think <laughs> that Edwards Hilaire, the people that drafted him are going to finally see that it's not they're they're if they drafted him 101 overall, they're seeing it's at least looking not so bad anymore. They should take Jonathan Taylor, of course. But I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire has the opportunity to finish as a top seven back this year if he stays healthy. So I like that pick. AJ Dillon. The only reason I don't like it is is I like the player. I think he is by far super, super, like really talented. If Aaron Jones wasn't there, I would have him as a top 10 back in fantasy. But Aaron Jones is there. Aaron Jones is a better pass catcher. Aaron Rodgers likes Aaron Jones more. That's the only reason I put A.J. Dillon down. I think he still sees a lot of opportunity, and he is going to have a good year. But it, it's going to be better than the year he had, but I don't think it's going to be substantial. Now, if Aaron Jones isn't there next year, A.J. Dillon is definitely a breakout candidate. If AJ Aaron Jones is hurt, A.J. Dillon immediately becomes a top 10 fantasy running back, in my opinion. So you don't um, think that A.J. Dillon this season could have a season like Tony Pollard did last year? That's kind of – Was Tony Pollard even a top – was he a top 15 fantasy back? No. I, I, so. I wouldn't have felt comfortable in Tony Pollard in my flex last year, week in and week out. Like, it was super inconsistent. Yeah. Like I, if I want to, if I want a breakout player, like I want someone that's at least like somewhat got a decent floor, and then their ceiling is really, you know, pretty much better than it obviously has been through their career. I think AJ Dillon's floor every week is five. I don't know how involved he'll be, and in, I don't think he'll be very involved in the pass game. Is the only issue I have, and I think he, and I think you're right, he is capable. But there's somebody that's just better at it. Like Antonio Gibson's in the same situation where it's like he is more than capable of being yeah. a very good back out of the backfield but there's just someone there that's better at it so that's i think just you, i think you convinced issue. me on on dylan <laughs> yeah i think i, I like him off. i do i really think he i really like him but i just <laughs> I, it's i like the player better than the the situation like yeah situation no i understand yeah so, i understand yeah all right i'll go into my two my two runnings and then we'll have some of the questions that we have in the chat my two are pretty easy ones i think these are the no-brainers these both these guys were somewhat season ending injuries last year cam makers came back but jk dobbins and cam makers um a cam uh, the rams another team right cam makers is on high touchdown upside every week now look at it this way daryl henderson and sonny michelle were very productive when they were on the rams offense cam makers is much better like he's just much better than both of those guys. So he's going to do what they did and more. So he immediately becomes a top 10 asset for me. There's not much else to say. We watched how hard he ran. That is a problem as well. When you see running backs that run really hard, like he runs hard. There's a difference between there's guys that are shifty. They run, they like somewhat avoid getting hit and get yards go down. Where Zeke early career ran hard. Like he finished runs. Cam Akers literally finished a run and did a celebration over a dude didn't realize how bad he hurt him but did a celebration over the guy runs hard that leads to injuries a lot of times um but he's young he's off his injury i think he's a stud i think he has a top this is a guy that i think has a top five fantasy year in my opinion jk dobbins again a super super efficient running back obviously he's on a team that also has a super the, the best quarterback of all time to run the ball so far and but that team runs through the run game. So J.K. Dobbins, I st still think, could see 20 touches, a couple of catches a game. That's a lot of volume. I think he capitalizes on it. He's super efficient. He was efficient his rookie year 
with less touches because of Mark Ingram was in front of him. He didn't get his opportunity last year. No one sees that opportunity because the only guy that had the opportunity to be good also got hurt with Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins, I think, is a slam dunk for a breakout year. I think both of Cam Akers and, and J.K. Dobbins, I think you you prob- you might agree, if they finish top five in fantasy running backs, if healthy, it wouldn't surprise us. What do you think? I agree 100% with everything you just said. What if, what if, what if I replace A.J. Dillon with Travis Etienne? Can I do that? After the stream audible, like right now, what do you think about Travis Etienne? Missed his entire rookie season. He's going to have a huge breakout year. What do you think? Do you think Etienne, like you just think they abandoned James Robinson? I just have, this is a question. I, I Do you think they just, like James Robinson just is gone? Like what do you think that looks like when it comes to, like James Robinson's earned his part in that offense? Yeah, I think it's a time chair. I'm just, I just really don't like my A.J. Dillon pick. So I'm trying to fix it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're switching it up. You <laughs> think of, like, what about like, what about Devin Singletary? Do you think no, he? No. No, you don't like him? You think Cook comes in and takes over? No, I think it's going to be a huge timeshare mess. You think so, too? Huh. Yeah. Wow. And there was a, a question that touched on that. So after our stream, we can go back and talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you can switch <laughs> it. Why not? You just, just pick Jonathan Taylor. Eh? I'm just glad we didn't put AJ Dillon on the uh, thumbnail photo. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah, we'll answer the questions here in a second, but we we cut this short for individuals listening to this in a podcast forum because they can't see the questions here. So thank you, everybody, for for listening. If you haven't, go follow us on Facebook. Join our Discord, Roto Heat Dynasty Fantasy Football. You'll find us on there. We're all active. We put trades, talks. All, all it's a fun it's a fun environment. There's easy rules. Rule number one: don't be a dick. It's that it's easy to follow. It's pretty much the main funny jokes. Yeah, yeah. Give us a follow. Thanks, and everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a good uh, rest of your night, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Thanks. The Dynasty Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find fantasy content ranging from Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.